0: I've spent a lot of time playing games, and I always get all the pieces back in the box for next time, because that's the kind of guy I am. I've been known as a Diceman, a Super Spinner, an Action Hound, a Superior Card Dealer. But do you know what I've never been called? A winner. Guten Tag and Bienvenidos listeners, (laughs) and you guessed it, we are talking top five things or events that should become board games. And do I have just the duo to share their wishes our first contestant is unfortunately back again to rattle our feathers and flip the board if things aren't going his way it's former Charlie mcdennis winner mitch brinkman how are you
1: hello hi welcome i'm excited to compete today i i don't think i'm gonna lose i'm gonna tamp down expectations so if by the end of this episode i'm the winner or sorry the loser excuse me i've won today because i you know already like I, I just assume i'm gonna lose so if i win It'll be gangbusters for me, um, which is a great name for a game. Actually, I, I'd play that maybe where you're a crooked New York cop in the 70s. and You go around beating up teens and gangs. I'm I was like, about yeah, to that say that's like
0: just fun. training day. The board game sounds <laughs> like <All right.
1: laughs> it's, it's warriors mixed with training day. That's gangbusters. Got it. Yep. And then I'm Coming f- to you from Uwe Rosenberg. So.
0: <laughs> and challenging this redheaded buffoon as someone so cool, one first name just couldn't cut it. Joining us for the first time is longtime listener, first time guest, Maggie Jo Saylor. How are you?
2: I'm doing so great. I'm so excited to talk board games. I love beating Mitch in board games. Can't wait to beat him <laughs> on his own home turf.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to watch them lose either and I will do everything in my power because I hold all the power to make sure that happens. All right now if you all want to get blown to the moon head on over to ubersynco.com to listen and watch this and any other fine episode and did you know you can even submit your suggestions for upcoming shows. Wow what an interactive relationship we have with our audience. Most of you know how all this works by now and if you're new you'll figure it out but The two contestants you just heard from are going to go head to head and I'll be judging their selections accordingly. If both have the same answer on their list, well, then we're going to have an uber stare down where only one may snag all three points for the answer while the other gets a big fat zero. But like I always say, zero is not a death sentence here because as host, I get to institute a house rule for today's game. Bonus points to anyone who mentions obscure board games from their childhood that I remember. So we're really relying on my memory here, and it's not looking good for you guys. But don't forget to stay until the end of the show where I, Brian Ernst, will list off my fast five businesses we no longer need when we reach a post-COVID world. Now, we had a pre-show axe-throwing contest, and yes, Mitch is more feeble than he looks. So with six oh, bullseyes, damn. that means Maggie Joe
1: will go first. That was predictable. I'm just right. going to say it might me under the 14. bus, and I'm not surprised by that.
2: <laughs> number five, I just have a genuine belief there is a need for this game. It's a void in the board game world. Um, it's pretty simple, you know, nothing crazy, but there are not enough like actual good, crunchy Christmas games. So I want to see Ooh. a Santa Claus themed board game. Mm-hmm. Um, Around the mm. holidays, I'm super into Christmas. I decorate it up. I love all the festivities. I want to play board games themed around Christmas. But the only good ones that I can find are like just putting a Christmas skin on an existing board game. Mm. You mentioned Uwe Rosenberg earlier. I have mm-hmm. Christmas patchwork. But that's not really a Christmas game. It's just calling it <laughs> that. So I want a Santa Claus game. Kids running around trying to uh, catch Santa Claus uh, on Christmas Eve. Maybe there's a little adult interaction. Maybe Santa's kissing, kissing mommy. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. um, I haven't thought this all the way through, but I think okay. there could be some good hidden movement mechanics. You play in the kids. You're trying to catch Santa Claus.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Now how I want to know how does Santa get tied up with a parent? So what is Santa's objective in this game? How does his character move around the board that either, runs into contact with a parent or a kid. How is Santa going to be involved in this game?
2: So there's a number of games that uh, have a hidden movement mechanic. Um Kind of the... Most known, I think, maybe a game from your childhood, uh, Scotland Yard is kind of the most known where Mr. X is running around London. He wears a baseball cap, so he's writing down his movement. You can't see where his eyes are going. Everyone else is Scotland Yard trying to close in on him. That's kind of, there's also a game called Nuns on the Run that I really like of this nature where some people are nuns, some people are Catholic schoolgirls. They're trying to catch him in the the act. (laughs) So that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing cooperative on the side of the children. Um, They all are actual pieces on the board. Uh, moving around the house. It's a big old house. Um, mm-hmm. Santa is not a piece on the board. Rather someone who's playing Santa is having to like write down their own movement outside. Um, I also like the idea of Santa having someone on his side. Maybe you expand to more players. You want them to have a sidekick. Some sailor family Christmas lore that I think my brother made up when I was a kid, but he definitely scared me with it was he told me if I didn't go to sleep on Christmas night, Christmas Eve night, Uh, Santa's elf who travels with him in his sleigh would come and bop me on the head with a magic stick that would put me to sleep. So that's (laughs) also a character I would like to see helping Santa out in this game. Maybe, Maybe he is running around the board helping Santa avoid the kids by bopping him on the head.
1: I'm I pretty think that sure that's called a a, a a police issue baton. I think is what they call that the the, the stick that the elf a Philly uh, club. <laughs> yeah, there we go. A blackjack. Um, well, this, I mean <laughs> that's that's very European of your brother because that's all the European Christmas traditions is like Santa's nice, but he has a psychopath with him that will hurt you if you're bad. So,
2: I, yeah, I fully accepted it at face value, and years later I'm like. <laughs>
0: I or the baton. Just is just I bet a, he
2: didn't even remember saying it. I bet he told it to me one time and it stuck with me for life.
0: <laughs> yep. I think baton is just what he calls the Nyquil that he snuck <laughs> in your <the air. laughs> drink right before bed.
2: I can just imagine Gordon. a little
1: elf dancing around, you know, it's like two and a half feet tall, no pants on, just with a nyquil <laughs> dropper, just dropping it into kids' mouths, like bing, 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 bing. go to sleep, little boys and girls. Um <laughs> Now okay, I I like the idea of like if Santa gets cornered in this house, he can pay off one of the kids with extra presents. You know, you're like, Ooh, you're not just getting yeah. a skateboard, you're getting a freaking boombox uh Billy Joe, you know, and then Billy Joe's <laughs> like, Woohoo, okay, never mind. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to take the night and I will sleep here." Yeah, this would be better said in like that the, the 90s, like
2: when we were like I would yeah. like to see my childhood gifts featured in this. Yeah.
0: And, and it was okay and, to drug your kids. Yes. Yes.
2: Exactly. <laughs> no questions asked.
1: <laughs> the good old
2: days. Especially if you're Santa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did see you put an E on your list here on the clause. So if, if you are trying to, as again, you mentioned the nineties, if you're trying to up the marketing possibilities, would you have Tim Allen featured on the game on the, on the, on the art?
2: Absolutely not. Okay, good. <laughs> Not a Tim Allen fan,
1: no. <laughs> and that's because, that's because Santa Claus is a terrible movie, and it should never be in anyone's <laughs> top five Christmas movies. Brian, I'm looking squarely at you. Did I put it in top five? I'm pretty sure you did. Also, Maggie a you need to come back did. for a Christmas episode as well. We oh, I would absolutely, because
2: yeah. I can talk forever about Santa Claus the movie yeah oh yeah which is it's a ridiculous it's a fantastic
0: (laughs) but what if it's tim allen but his mugshot from the 70s in a santa Mm. uniform holding a baton on the cover of this chasing (laughs) a bunch of scared children i think that would sell and i mean i think at the end of the day we gotta sell games so yeah
2: that's true just for your
0: consideration it has nothing to do with the santa claus movie but it's just (laughs) coked out tim allen Mugshot. I mustache. prefer that
2: as like an Easter egg. Maybe it's a card you draw. Maybe it's Ooh, hidden in the artwork somewhere. You yep. know, a deep cut. It's, it's Santa it, it, holding a it, mustache.
0: If you kids, if you, if you are not good, this is what you'll turn into. And it's Tim Allen's <laughs> <ounce> mugshot.
2: <laughs> or he's, he's running around as a decoy, Santa. <laughs> Stumbling drunkenly throughout the house. So I found Santa.
1: Oh, I know. He smells like week old Eggnog. Never mind. This is not the real Santa. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, we've got we started out with Christmas and Santa Claus. So Mitch, you have your work cut out for you. What do you have for your number five?
1: This is this is going to be this is going to be an easy lift for me in this one. I'm going to blow Maggie Joes out of the water. Brian, I'm going to remind you of your childhood all at the same time. So my game here, it's a it's a junior high dance navigation um, simulator, if you will. Um, what, what I'm calling grind and boner. So this is a fast moving card game where, uh, each person builds a character in like a drawing round to start. So you're building a 13 year old character, you know, your, your players take turns picking accessories, personality traits. So we're talking, you know, um, uh, uh jelly bracelets, um, polo shirts, cargo shorts, maybe, um, new Adidas, that kind of thing. The personality traits, bravery, um, shyness, uh, maybe what, what's another personality trait in junior high dimples, right? That, that's personality <laughs> trait in junior high. Um, so you're trying to make like the hottest new teen, because they're all 13 year olds. And so you're, you're trying to get ready for this dance. So you want to be the number one teen that everyone wants to dance with or grind on or be ground by. So this of is course. inspired by my dances. I went to in junior high, um, at my Catholic school and they were always sweaty and nervous making, but fun and exhilarating. And uh, sometimes, you know, I felt good about myself. Other times I felt terrible about myself, but it was just this roller coaster of emotion you had to ride. And so throughout this game, you, you kind of like, um like, uh, 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 I guess a, a better way to say it, but like a prize or like points to be won. So be like, Ooh, here's, you know, um, uh, Johnny McDonald is, uh, he, he needs someone to dance with who's going to dance with him. And then, you have to decide Ooh, Johnny's worth five points. Do I put my character in the ring here? If you lose the battle for Johnny McDonald, then maybe like you lose a, uh, like a PowerPoint or a personality point or whatever. One of your dimples disappears, something like that, you know? Oh um, no. Yeah. And then of course, and then, uh, you know, and then, and then Sally McStrong, she shows up and she's like, hi, I'm really into Backstreet Boys. I'm looking for my first boyfriend or whatever, you know? And then you have to put your hat in the ring. So like, This whole just terrible mess of trying to hide your boner or, you know, having to grind with people. It was all just a terrible thing we had to go through as 13 year olds and probably like was maybe unhealthy, too, at the time. And I I remember always saying to people like before, after I danced, like, sorry, Brian, you play that game when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, there we go. Hey, uh you
2: said obscure. (laughs) You said obscure. Thank you. (laughs)
1: um but then but then but then i remember one time you know when i'm dancing with jenny Doherty to backstreet boys your love is like a river by the end i was like yahtzee um so (laughs) i was not uh, lame enough for
0: yahtzee come on damn it
1: okay um but yeah so this i I think this would be a fun game and it it i would hope to elicit the same emotions that um Oh my God, my brain is uh, breaking right now. Well, what's the game from the 80s where it's like all the hunks and you decide, you find out traits about the hunks? Oh, yeah,
2: like Dream Date or something. Yeah, yeah, or, Dream Date. There uh, we go. Wasn't there an actual phone component? Where- it was called Dream Phone. Dream oh, yeah, it was Dream called phone Dream is is Phone.
0: One. Looks and sounds like a real phone. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the cover. And yeah, dude, they Call the
1: Hunks.
2: Marketing genius.
1: <laughs> Marketing geniuses. So, like the dunce cap in this game would be like if you, if you, as I did once at a dance, if you pop a boner by accident, your character is penalized for that. And then no one will dance with you for like a couple rounds. So you're losing out on points. <laughs> you just so. have
0: to sit as they skip your character <laughs> at the table for a bunch of rounds. I like that. that that's really fun. So that's yeah. a great mechanic of introducing real life humiliation into the grade school. game. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that.
2: If exactly. I may add the female vo- uh, perspective to this idea, because sure. I yes, do really please. like it. I'm only hearing the 13 year old boys. Uh, what about, you know, hypothetically the young women who left the dance floor crying because they thought their best friend was being too sexual and doing the crybaby, oh. um, move that became popular in sixth grade. Would we lose points for that? Because that's, uh, that's maybe something that may or may not have happened to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that could be rolled into the like retreat to the punch bowl move, where like maybe you're not losing as many points, like, but you're you're like maybe you gain one point per round. And you're just hanging out at the punch bowl, or you're or you're talking to the chaperone. Maybe that too is a thing. Like you know, <laughs> you're trying to get back on the rails. But um, also at, at the end of the game, if you don't have to get a ride home with your parents, maybe you're like walking home. your older brother older sister picks you up i think that's those could be bonus points too so um but that's my number five
2: i really like the idea too of like things that could bring you back up like escalate your points maybe there's um event cards that flip that contain group dances you know when cotton eye Mm -hmm. joe comes on oh yes confidence (laughs) goes through the roof hey mickey you're so fine everyone is gonna feel like a king during that so Mm -hmm. I think if we had some sort of, maybe even if we had an audio element, I mean,
1: oh, that's that something be. that's
2: kind of left the board game world, you know, that was kind of popular in the early aughts, I believe, in the board <laughs> games, is having, like, a soundtrack. Uh, I want to bring that back for
1: this I one. would <laughs> love it. Like, every 12 minutes, the electric slide plays, and it's like, ooh, time,
2: easy <laughs> points, time. Everyone
1: gets the Got bonus. Show my <laughs> moves. <laughs> We're going to
0: go on to our number fours, but for the number fives, mm-hmm. for reminding me of not only Christmas, the greatest time of the year, but using the phrase the early aughts, which is not used nearly enough Maggie Joe's getting three points for this round. Woo! And Mitch, I wanted to give you less, but the humiliation mechanic really puts you over the edge. <laughs> so I'm going to
1: give you three, three points for that as well. I know your sexual triggers, Brian. Come on, don't... Uh... Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh boy do you all right moving on to number four maggie joe what do you have as your number four board game here
2: all right number four um i love the idea of historical board games but i really don't like war games i don't like games that focus on like actual people who killed people or died making it into a game it creeps me out a little bit i know it's a very popular thing in the genre so i was trying to think of historical events that do interest me that I would like to see as a board game of so uh bone wars is what came to mind so bone wars Ooh. being uh when archaeologists were like first finding dinosaur bones in like Wyoming and two paleontologists got real intense competitive with each other and were just like there was a lot of like sabotage and like stealing each other's research and like i've also i don't know i'm not an expert on this event it's more <laughs> My, my idea of how things transpired is what I want to make the game of, but mm-hmm. I really like the intrigue factor and the possibilities. Um, I believe that some like, it was a time when a lot of like fake dinosaurs were invented because people were just like, yeah, 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 no, I, I put these bones together and it is clearly this dinosaur. And then like decades <laughs> later, it's like that, nope, those bones didn't even go together. That was fake. These are not real dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have to confess that I did Google to see if this was already a game. And I think there has been a game made of Bone Wars, but it looks old and like we could do a better job. So Mm. I still am sticking to this. I think straight up a two-player game, you're warring paleontologists. There's going to be a lot of like uh, coercion, stealing, Mm. underhanded dealings Mm. under the table, um, straight up lying, (laughs) deception. That's some elements. These are all
0: trigger the words. Game. These are all trigger words. for Mitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: A game I would never play with Mitch. Oh, yeah. This game. My one on one deception with Mitch. I would absolutely. crumble. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, I become a terrible, terrible person when I play games against Maggie jokes. I just try and be the most evil possible. And it's just. You know,
0: oh, uh, just against Maggie Joe.
1: <laughs> he,
2: he is my kryptonite in deception games. He knows if I am lying 100% of the time, and yet he has the ability to 100% gain my trust unquestionably every time, despite how many times he has betrayed me in the past. Preaching
0: to the choir, is just, we know.
2: <laughs>
1: it's, it's, it, it was built through years of doing improv scenes together, you know, just looking into each other's eyes and trusting what the next person was going to say was going to be good, you know? And how to use it against them.
0: (laughs) All right. I like Bone Wars a lot, especially because I remember watching something something similar about this, where I don't know how many times paleontologists thought they uh, discovered a new dinosaur, only to realize it was just the younger version of that dinosaur. (laughs) Oh, I found a small dinosaur. Like, look how small these lived. It's like, no, it just died when it was a year old. So it's the same dinosaur, you, you moron. But when I looked this up on Wikipedia, I love how they also called it the Great Dinosaur Rush, which is not a terrible alternate name to the board game. But the whitest, best facial haired guys I've ever seen are are the photo (laughs) for this. Othniel Charles Marsh and Edward Drinker Cope wow <laughs> those are the bone war paleontologists and they look like men who would totally bury lies in the sand yeah. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> and in their facial hair yes we <laughs>
0: totally encourage the listener to go uh google bone wars because this picture is totally worth it i'm a big fan of this game i'm playing this game i think there needs to be a sand element to the game i don't know how we're yeah. shipping oh, i
2: want to like yeah. I want to dig and I do have a board game called Fossilus where you get to like operation style. Uh, Very cool. Tweeze, tweeze bones out of a thing. I do like that sort of uh, tactile component as well. Would like to have that in. We actually have to like arrange bones into a dinosaur.
0: I think this Ooh. game ships in one of those like plastic pools you used to have in your backyard. That's how big this container needs to come. <laughs> Just full of sand but it's like a scale model of all of Wyoming. So the bones are actually like a centimeter long, but you get this whole five foot diameter tub sent to your house. You only
2: can play it one time.
0: (laughs) It's one done. But man, what a ride! <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, moving on, number four, Mitch. What do you have?
1: Yeah, my my number four. Uh, because you guys know I'm a, I'm a man who loves food. I love the the culinary arts. So I, no. I I actually have two two things about food on my list here. But this one is about drinking uh, beverages. It's a mixologist game, which I call. Bar du Chari. Um and it's uh, <laughs> similar to to sold sold <laughs> similar to like t- take my buddy t- to take it to ride where you're slowly building a hand from drawing cards from like a market or the blind draw, and then when someone thinks they've made the perfect cocktail, they they lay their hand down, giving everyone else one more turn. Uh, before they have to also lay down. So this is a pretty quick game, but so you're utilizing, there's gin cards, of course, vodka cards, whiskey cards, bourbon, white wine, red wine, uh, vermouth, aperitifs, old dirty mop water. If you want, you know, you got mixers, club soda, uh, Coke, you know, grapefruit juice. And then some of whatever this is, this is like the, the mascot of the game. Uh, And and like the secret elixir is some of whatever is in Kathy's styrofoam cup below the register. Um, And each player attempts to build the perfect libation. But... After you lay down, there are three wild card drunkards abound. I'm calling it bonus cards that are played in the center that that affects everyone's cocktail. Um, so maybe you know it outsizedly p- powers up someone's version of a gin ricky or it penalizes the bar um, who thought it was a good idea to add orange soda to an old fashioned. Which if you do, I will find you. I will get you. Um, but you don't know how the drink will sell until the final straw <laughs> uh, in bar so. <laughs> oh, no! but so damn it. but 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 the way this game is played is you is is it's it's not just one round it's not like oh great I won that round you are building out like a, a cocktail program as they like to say you know like oh I I run the beverage program you know people say that now so so you're trying to build out Ugh. a menu and then at the very end your menu has has the overall points and then you are you are named you know the best bar in the city so um, or the best cocktail So it's like
0: Say it's like a version of poker where you're trying to get the best five card hand, but those ingredients make a drink. How many drinks do you think you have to make to be a winning mixologist at Bar du Cheri?
1: Bar du Cherie. Um, I would say, this, so there's going to be five rounds. You make five different cocktails. And then also another mechanic I thought of is each person um selects either by random or you can choose it what type of bar you are so you don't reveal it to the very end so like whether you're a dive bar or a sports bar or a speakeasy or a jazz club or like a, a douchey nightclub then like that also will be like you get plus two for every you know bourbon bourbon based uh you know new douche uh libation you you create or something like that you know but uh in general it's like there's there's just a lot of things and also what um what what game is it that uh, Maggie Joe, what game is it that on each card also provides information? Like that's like facts and details. Oh, like
2: wingspan. Yes. Like yes. The, the bird thank gate. you. Yeah. yeah.
1: So like wingspan on each card too would be like, gin was created in, you know, uh, Sh- Ooh, Shropfordshire, England. So you, you learn about cocktails and you understand how to put them together. Because I think there are so many people that are like, well, I could never make an old fashioned at home or I could never make this. and Really. It just takes a little bit of reading and buying the right ingredients. And you know, you can do it at home. So, it's an educational game too, um, and I don't know why we need to educate people more about alcohol, but you, you know, we are in this game. So <laughs> yes, we do.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I, I really like the bar element you brought in because I was, I did have the pending question in my head of like, are certain spirits going to be worth more than others? Will this be subjective based on your preferences as the designer of this game? Um, like for me, yeah, whiskey, bourbon, drinks would probably rank higher. Mm-hmm but you know vodka drinks trash mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but objectively how would we work that out you know as as designers so that everyone feels welcome to our yeah. our bar exactly bar. exactly bar du
1: Bar a and so you know may, maybe <laughs> if you always love making whiskey drinks you, you do the random assignment of the bar so then like oh i'm a, i'm like a i'm like a big uh big format nightclub so like you're not making you know beautiful c- bourbon cocktails every time you're probably slinging a lot of vodka Red Bulls, that kind of thing with in this game, you know, just a little bit of Kathy's cup, you know, in there as well. So, but.
0: (laughs) I'm going to introduce an audio element to this. Yeah. If anybody drops one of their cards, it's like dropping a glass. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So you have to, whoever gets to the button first in the middle to hit it, hits the Chumba Wumba bonus. (laughs) So it plays tub thumping. And all you just hear is cider, vodka, lager, just on repeat. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. That's that. So you get. Your, oh, my God. I love that. You get, oh, my God. I you love that. get that licensing bonus. And the other part you're missing here is the licensing opportunities to all the drink manufacturers. That's true. The actual Jack Daniels card. Mm-hmm. You could actually get the aviation gin card. That's true. Like, I think they would jump at this shit to bring down your costs. Scoring out this round.
1: Cash, cash, cash. Of cash, course,
0: cash. I'm giving Bone War's. Three points because I can't do it anyways. And I am trying to make Mitch lose today and he's fucking bringing it. It's really pissing me off. So you guys are both getting three points for this round because Baduchery with the accent over the E is going to be a hit. Now moving on to our number three, Maggie Joe, what do you have for us?
2: Number three. This is, you know, I play the shit out of board games. I do not design board games, but. Since I've started playing board games, there's been one board game floating around my mind that I'm like, I really should design this. It's got a built-in fandom. This is the only kind of IP, like, there's already a brand associated. I don't know how I would get the rights, but, like, if I could, I would design a board game of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh. I think it is ripe for mechanics. There's a few angles you could take on it. Um, Something that some fans do, a friend of mine made me a copy, is Guess Roo which is a parody of Guess Who with all RuPaul's Drag Race queens. That's a really fun, like, get the game night going if you got RuPaul's Drag Race fans around. But aside from that, I want a full-on, like, you get to be a queen competing. Um, You know, it's been going so long. There's such a built-in fan base. And there's also, like, now standard formats for, like, what challenges you're going to see, what runways you're going to see. And I just think you could put that in a box and let everyone have their own at-home RuPaul's Drag Race experience lucrative done marketing rights
0: itself okay how does what is the design of the board how does the board look
2: uh so you'd have a section for the workroom and you'd have a section for the runway um so it would have to take place over phases where um i would say so you're each going to be a queen i think you would all have to name yourselves too that's That's a fun part coming up with a drag name maybe there could be an optional name generator associated where you like draw first name and last name for the people who are like Nervous about choosing their yeah, own, but I think you should be able I like to this. choose your yep. own. Yeah, I always like to have options where it's like, if you want to be creative and improvise, go for it. But also, you could roll these dice and have it tell you what to do. I'm very, I like that in games to make people comfortable. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the, uh, a challenge would be given per round. You'd have to, uh, prepare for that by gathering the right materials, probably through cards, probably through some random dice rolling, um, in the workroom. And then after you've, Oop. this is fun. I'm coming up with this on the spot. Um, there can be like a push your luck element, right? Like maybe the person who takes the longest to get ready gets penalized, but the longer you take, maybe you could get more, you know, really refine your makeup, really get the good materials, um, you know, all that good stuff. So the longer you take, maybe the bigger penalty you have, but ultimately your score is going to be what you put down the runway um, in the, in phase two. Mm-hmm. So Hopefully it will all balance out, but I kind of like that of like, Ooh, do I spend more time here or do I just be the first out on the runway? Maybe looking a little trashy, but I've got the best talent. I don't know. When you, when you already have a fan base, like that game, like recently a Stardew Valley board game was released really, and it's like that, that did not need to be made. Right. But it sold out immediately the day because there's so many fans that it's like, I don't care what it is. I love this. I'm a fan of this. Mm I'm gonna buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that would happen with RuPaul's Drag Race. It's like even non gamers would be like, "Yep, yep, no, I love this. I'm buying it." Like, yep. I think you'd just be
0: curious. Like, like, wait, how is this a game? I yeah. want to see how this can yeah. be a game yeah. for sure.
2: Exactly.
1: I the I, I to we've been talking about audio elements a lot as well because I know like a tough mm-hmm. thing to do in in a board game would be to do the lip sync thing, right? You could probably do it with cards or whatever, lip-sync but it wouldn't be nearly life, as much yeah. fun. So if we actually had songs. Maybe it was also got updated every now and again, maybe with the current season soundtrack, that kind of thing. And people got to actually do some lip syncing too in front of their friends. That could be even- if it's an early
0: aughts game, it would come with a DVD ROM.
1: That's true. That you would be able to put, <laughs> yeah. yes. And then and then you could send away. A choose your own adventure. VHS yeah.
2: yeah. And I'm like,
1: do you want that? Do you want this DVD number two? Send you know, send us a, a letter to you know, PO Box six four zero five nine in Albuquerque, New Mexico, whatever you know, and you'll get one in. in it's eight free. To weeks. Just
0: play forty five dollars in shipping. <laughs>
1: Oh, that beautiful scam. Oh my gosh. Maggie, Joe, it is free to be on the podcast, but there is a $55 uh, connection fee for our internet that we do for the, yeah. So just (laughs) so you're aware. Uh, Yeah.
2: Understood.
1: understood. Cool. 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 Cool.
2: That's what Mm -hmm. I signed.
0: (laughs) signed. (laughs) Uh, Mitch, you're number three. How are you going to beat RuPaul's Drag Race?
1: My number three is also actually another built in IP, huge market waiting to be tapped here. And It will have an uphill battle because it would have to compete against video games for the same thing. But this is something I love, though. It's building a basketball team and leading them to a championship in the go-go 80s Uh, NBA. This is NBA, a.k.a. Superstar Hoops. I always love back in the (laughs) 90s and early aughts, you know, the games always be like fantasy, big times, all the stars, hoops, you know, like those kind of games. One version of this, and again, like you can play – in the NBA video games now, you can do like career mode where literally you're like, all right, I've got to go to practice now. And you're like, they go to practice and you're like, that's so boring. Just like, I want to play the games and that's it. But they also have story modes behind it too. And I think it was like NBA 2K17 or something is famous for a point in the story. It's like mid-season and it's like when you start to like hit a shooting slump and then like uh, a friend from back home comes into the locker room and it's this very somber scene where he's like, hey, Derek, I just want to tell you your best friend's from home. Goo goo. You got killed by a drug dealer last night. And you're like, what? And your character like cries. And it's like this thing that's like, they try so hard to like make a, give you a full life in this basketball video game where it's just like, it teeters, I think a little over the line. But so this is kind of what this, <laughs> this game is trying to, uh, to, to build on is in the eighties, the NBA was growing rapidly. it bec- It was becoming popular. Of course it was the decade dominated by, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Um, And then, of course, Michael Jordan came in in the mid 80s. And so like the league was just exploding. There's one version of this game where all the all the players in this game are real NBA stars. And, you know, I love stars. Uh, And the other deck is a fun made up roster version. So it's like, you know, chunk McGinley, you know, and he's like, I'm a I'm a stout guy, you know, (laughs) Or, or there's like slim flashman. And like he's clearly like a sleek, fast guard, you know, or, you know, like. Tree Johnson, and he's a very tall guy. Actually, I think that's the name of a real guy. So there's – phase one is training camp. That's where you're developing. This is where you're doing uh, – you're adding on skills and what I'm calling legendary moves uh, at the fastest rate. So maybe you have like the world-famous – You stole that from my RuPaul's Drag Race oh, did I? game. Oh, did I? Whoops. Um, so like – <laughs> there's like the super spin which is like always gets you to the basket or there's like the sky hook or like the deep deep 3 you know then you go into phase 2 where it's the the early season phase where your team starts to gel and this is where you start picking up additional like multiplier cards you know um you know it could be like hey the veteran took a rookie out for a nice lobster dinner and now now the veteran trusts the rookie so boom like that rookie gets a little better like that kind of thing this is where the fun really starts. This is called the holiday party. Oh, the fun's finally yeah, going to start. Exactly. Okay. Yep. I was waiting for yep. the fun yeah, to start. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. This is the holiday party season. So this is where the off-the-court stuff comes into play. So you got your drugs. You got your endorsement deals. You got your shady business managers. Finally. With guarantees of import business riches. You know, you got your social life. Yes. You have your, you know, your, ooh, we've we got to fly across the country. And you know the veteran just lost fifteen thousand dollars in the play and playing cards to the rookie. Phase four is the trade deadline. This is where you can trade with other teams in the game, or do like this is a uh, you know cross your fingers. Maybe this player really isn't working out. Um, he's not gelling with the, the other guys in your roster. You can put him back into the pile and do a blind draw from the from the uh, aged superstar pile. This is a common thing in the NBA where guys who are almost don't their career. They get bought out and then they jump onto a championship team. Um, Maggie, Joe, I know you're like, Oh my God, please. I don't, I don't care about this basketball thing.
2: This is, I am counting five games. So far. I
1: know, yeah. I know there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot. I know. Uh, but then, and then phase five is the playoffs. So based on your record, based on, on what cards you've drawn and how well your team is powered up and the multipliers, that's when it goes into the, to the best of seven series. And then one, one champion is crowned. Um, and I know that's the, this isn't this doesn't sound like fun to anyone else but me. I cannot wait to play this game. <laughs> I can't wait to keep the stats. I can't wait to have like an Excel sheet with all my players and their shooting percentages and their you know assists <laughs> and their and and their and their VORP and their PER ratings and all that kind of um, yeah. Whew, that's my number three. Oh, yeah,
2: I mean, I I'm curious of of the niche that would uh, play this one because you know, what is the crossover between people who are fans of a fast sport mm-hmm. and who would set up a board game on a banquet table at a convention that would take three days to complete? Because that's what <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure those people exist. I think that... Like, I have- are there as many of them as drag queen well, fans? Well, no, I mean,
1: <laughs> no, I, I think you're very right in that the, the, the everyday NBA fan would be like... I can't wait. I have to put my phone down for more than 30 seconds. I don't think I can do that. Um, <laughs> but I think actually, now that you say that, because it is true, this game would take forever, but b- borrowing elements somehow from Risk Legacy, where you play it and then that affects the next mm, game and the next game, that game. kind of thing, I think would be really fun. This would be probably a great game for like if, you know, I'd play with my friends who are probably 30 and up, maybe 45 and up, you know, some older <laughs> guys getting in there just you know the
2: peak can you imagine board game seeing market that? yeah can you imagine seeing that on a box like <laughs> the spirit <plus, laughs> 40. <laughs> 45 plus and then, and then in, in parentheses,
1: it's not complicated it's just boring <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and and also it's it's all 80s nba players so this is like this is like very very nostalgic stuff that's going on here uh so and also it'd be another way to educate younger fans on the nba of the past so
0: I think you're too old to play your own game, or you're too young to play your own game, which is which is pro- really problematic. Um, this game is dumb. I hate it. This is easy for me. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is getting three. You're getting one just for the bottom of the barrels scratching Jesus the honey.
1: Christ. God,
0: this is so unfun. <laughs> I can't describe anything that would make me more sad to watch than four <laughs> 40 year olds playing this game and getting upset about it. <laughs> wow. Moving on to Maggie Joe, your number two, please bring us back to the comedy and the fun.
2: Number two, this is just straight up a good game theme. I'm not going to lie. I want to see a game about Niagara falls, daredevils and stunts. Okay. Um, Again, I was doing a little research before this. I was like, surely there's a Niagara Falls game out there. And there is, there's a pretty like popular one, I realized. But it's not, a, it's not focused on like the daredevils and stunts. It's like you're just rowing through. So I want to see something where you have to create the next big stunt um, and see how you succeed in it. I this is something that I was just fascinated by as a kid. It's like, you know, those things that you just like. It's like when everyone says, like, you always think as a kid that you're going to fall into quicksand someday, <laughs> yeah. like, based on what we see. That's like, yeah. that's like a thing you think is gonna, That's how I feel about that. I'm like, I am going to, like, know someone who's going to go over the falls <laughs> in a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> like, when, I, when my family went to Niagara Falls in, like, 99, I was like, this is important. This is relevant. This is special. I need to learn the history of everyone who's gone over the falls. Um, Haven't thought about it in probably 20 years. But when this prompt came up, I was like, "This is what needs to be a board game," Um, and I was like, "Yeah, looking into some history and like the first woman, the first person recorded to it was a woman in 1901." And um, (laughs) the website that I was looking at was like, "She survived. Really thought it would break fame and fortune. She later died."
0: (laughs) I was like, "Oh Oh, no."
2: no." So I think this would be a game where like setting expectations would be part of it. <laughs> like, what are you trying to achieve with this stunt? Um, Is this a going all in for glory, maybe for death, or is it more of a, like maybe a tightrope, wa- something that's not a, a guaranteed like flounder. I don't know, but I'm just, I really love this theme. I could see the artwork. I think there's a lot of good like uh material to pull from there. When I was reading the different stories of people who did this, how often it's like, and then the Maid of the Mist picked up the person, (laughs) or the Maid of the Mist picked up the inner tube. Because who else is going to be down there?
0: (laughs) That is Maid of the (laughs) Mist territory.
2: (laughs) Maybe that's the game.
1: (laughs) Have most of the people survived? Rescuing the stunts. (laughs) (laughs) Have have most of the people? They have? A lot of, yeah. I'd say most.
2: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. A few have died, but many have lived. (laughs) yeah there was a guy in 1995 who went over on a jet ski he did die but he because his parachute didn't deploy but when i saw that, i was like that is insane a jet ski
0: that's a great tagline for the game too (laughs) a few have died many
2: (laughs) (laughs) and like there was a guy who i was reading about who went over just himself no protection And, and it was like but his friend who was filming it was drunk, so it's not recorded. And I was like, okay, what? And so And he went, I think this was like in the 80s. And then he tried to do it again in like 2003 and he did die the second time. Oh my or God. But he he completely survived going over the falls just swimming his own body.
0: I'll prove me right again. Wild. That's <laughs> yeah. <crazy. laughs> that's bananas. Mitch, you got, got your work cut out for you. What you got for number
1: two. There's a, There's ones? a workman above that's just hammering on the on uh, the radiators above. So if you do hear that, I apologize, listener. Okay, here we go. My number two. Uh, it, it, it's a game all about giant family holiday get-togethers, aka All is Fair in Love in Turkey, um, which is an incredible title and everyone should be <laughs> laughing really hard. So you start with a full... You know, thank, I thank, thank you. Thank. You start with a full sanity and love for your family gauges and they are tested as you deal with the pitfalls of a giant family get-together. This is inspired... By my own upbringing, my dad having 11 siblings, my mom having four and having to do two family get togethers in one day, one of them with about 30 people, maybe at its max with uh, with uh, with boyfriends, girlfriends and and young cousins. And then on the other side, it'd be like maybe Max would have been like 130 people in one house for a family get together. So um, and of course, this is also you're playing as someone who um, moved away as I was the city kid. Most of my, uh, relatives still lived in rural areas. So similar to the game of life, you're, you're, you're on this path throughout the, the giant family get together party. And you, you're going into like different quadrants of the board. You come back to the center to travel to the other ones. Uh, but instead of riding in a car, you ride on a giant paper plate, uh, and a crushed beer can or soda can. That's kind of what it is. Cause that's kind of what the experience is like. So you're talking with cousins about was it, is it personal lives or maybe you just like keep an easy spot of like celebs or maybe maybe they've just gone to college and they're finding their own way and they really want to talk about religion you know or you don't talk to them at all so like there's there's pluses and minuses to all these and then also you this is the big thing i always had to do do you choose to avoid relaying the same anecdotes about your life and pay a penalty mm. so you go in like the, the the quiet area of the board you will you you know you're you're keeping to yourself maybe you watch uh, the, the game that's on and don't talk to your uh, aunts and uncles, or you choose the path of leaning into the family and you feel all the questions about the dangerous post-apocalyptic wasteland that is Chicago that you live in. And how are you not dead yet? You know, and like how do you choose to keep living there? You know, um, and so you keep <laughs> answering those questions. You keep telling the same, the same stories about, uh, you know, your friends or or perhaps a fun college class you just completed, uh, you know, b- blowing people's minds again that you are continuing to survive in Chicago. Um, but of course, at any big get together, you always need to to think about fueling up. You need to eat during this this get together at some point. So choosing the right foods from the buffet table is very necessary, and it's it's a tough thing to do. So you have to time also when you eat. It's very important. You go too soon, then you're gonna have uh, your your aunts or uncles who made the food standing there uncovering it. and Then you have to have a conversation about you know how they made the hot dog salad or whatever. Um, and you just you, you, and you don't care. You just don't care. <laughs> but you go too late, and then all then all the edible food is gone. And then you're stuck eating cheesecake salad um, with like you know uh, warm crudite and you know like a diet Pepsi. You know ugh, you know that then that's your whole meal. So. Going into all four quadrants,
2: it's a very Midwest game. It is, it, game. is.
1: <laughs> it is, yes. You you caught on very quick. That's that's exactly the point here. And then the most important phase, though, is talking to your grandparents. So, what do you talk to grandma and grandpa about? <laughs> how How long do you sit with them? Because um, choosing your tactic determines the level of gift you receive. If it happens to be a Christmas game, because before the game starts, you draw a card to see: is it Thanksgiving? Is it Christmas? Is it Easter? Is it 4th that's of July? Fun. That's a good mechanic. Uh, okay. Is it, is it, is it a, is it a cousin's yeah. graduation party from high school? Um, Is it a, is it a, a, a wedding? Cause I went to God, so many goddamn weddings growing up, like just tons of weddings, which also is like that. That's an easier, simpler game. Cause people are drinking. So that's just kind of, you know, that's the, the, yeah, it helps. It helps. Um, yeah. But so choosing your tactic of how you talk to your grandparents, <laughs> Determines the length of the hug and the kiss on the cheek you get, or or the level of gift. So um, that is all is fair in love and turkey. Um, and the, the winner, such <laughs> <yeah, laughs> You've you, you really thought about exactly, the details right? on this And one. so the, the person with still who has the highest sanity and love for their family left at the end of the game wins, and then also a, a fun little bonus uh, entrance to the end of the game which is always what my family did in the car ride home you'd always recap stuff and be like, did you hear what aunt Jan said about native Americans? And you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You know, like that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, did you hear like Austin, Austin got his girlfriend pregnant and like, yeah, and he's only 16 or whatever, you know? So, um, so there's, there's like some recap you can do to like earn bonus points or, or or bring you down again. So um, I, I don't, you know, the, the game mechanics obviously aren't there. It's just, basically me recounting what it was like to go to a family get together i get that but i think it could be a fun game
0: i think there needs to be a lot of forks in the road on the path towards the grandparents and then consequences for choosing one or each of those paths and for you especially your character your little piece that's designed after mitch that goes on the board if you choose to either soapbox and tell the same story to a lot of people all at once just so everyone's on the same page or if you choose just to tell one person if you choose to tell everyone it's like cool everyone got the information but then you need to be punished calorically which means that you get sent back to the buffet and you can only eat cookies and (laughs) salad and then you have to survive the rest of the day on a sugar rush (laughs) to try and get to the grandparents to actually have a conversation while still being awake that's that's your punishment
2: I would like an element too, not to add more into the mix, but flipping a card and saying, is this your relative or is this a friend someone brought? Mm, Like, that's a big thing at my huge family gatherings every year at Thanksgiving, because we have like 90 to 120 people. And it's like, is that my cousin or is (laughs) it someone I don't know? Like, I like (laughs) that is the game to me of like, we like wear name tags now because I don't know what cousins uh, (laughs) by appearance. Um, So I would really like that element. I also you mentioned this, but I think it would be an excellent. Uh, driver in this as well, is having a significant other with you as sure. something that like can give you pluses and minuses too, because that's such an, like, introducing them to these people, or, you know, like, using them as a shield against people you don't know. I really like that element of, like, bringing, bringing your other into this That is
1: That well. is excellent, because I also, too, I can't remember most of my cousin's names, but because I'm, like, one of the odd ones that left, so everyone knows who, who I am, you know, it's like, and then I was like, oh, Mitchell, wow, you guys finally came. Like, I haven't seen you in a yeah, year. The yeah, showbiz like, kid. <laughs> and then I'm like, hi, hey, Kaylee. Cryley. Oh, Cryley. Sorry. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I forgot about this too, but but the the idea of taking a nap on a couch, like during a football game also is an important part of the family get together. That's how you exactly. recharge your health exactly. in yeah. the board yeah. game. Yeah. So. That's my number two. Thank you very much. That's it for me. Appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Good job. All right. I'm going to score this out. Definitely giving three points to Niagara Falls because I want to see, does the game come with water? Does it come with a bunch of, does it come with a jet ski? I don't know what it comes with, but I can't wait to see it when I open the box. And Mitchell, I'm going to give you uh, two points for this because you didn't work out all the mechanics and I want to see more of it. And I'm going to challenge you. And this is the second game you're going to make after Barducherie. So, Two points to Mitch. We're on to our number ones. Maggie Jo, what is your best scenario you would like to see turned into a board game?
2: All right. This was a absolute no-brainer for me. <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest. I love the show. And whatever list you gave me, I was going <laughs> to find a way to work this in. It is my favorite topic, thing, event, TV show. It is just my favorite thing to talk about. And I think the world needs to know if you are not familiar with the curse of oak island so i of course am referring to the title of the history channel show about oak island Uh, this show has been running now for almost 10 seasons they're in their ninth season i bet they're gonna have a 10th um me and my husband have been watching for years this is an actual it's a history channel show these brothers are digging for treasure On this island off of Nova Scotia called Oak Island, where people have been digging for treasure for over 200 years. Um, It's a thing. It's a big thing. Has anyone found treasure? No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think people dug up treasure there in like the 1800s, took it and it's gone. I don't know why people are still looking for it, but I am here for it. Uh, They just do not give up. And there is just so much passion. And um, the people digging now are very wealthy. It's like their resources are endless. So it's almost just like, yeah, bring more big trucks onto the island. Let's see what more we can dig. Let's go for it. Bring the metal detectors over. Um, They really get wacky with theories. So I think mechanically, there is just a plethora of things we could go with, right? So there's a lot of treasure hunting games out there. And I think a very like simple form of a game set in Oak Island would be trying to locate the money pit. So that's like the, the spot where it was reported some brothers found indications of treasure back in the 1700s. Some teenagers stumbled upon this and that's where the lore like began. So now the mission has always been, let's find this money pit and that's where we'll find the treasure. But the, the location is has been lost in history so many people have come and like excavated and dug and stuff's collapsed and like they know the approximate area of like an acre but they don't know where this like three by three foot money pit exists so they're just like drilling boreholes everywhere so I think that would be a fun game is just like (laughs) locating it like uh they name their boreholes too which I think would be really fun (laughs) I I obviously like naming conventions in games Mm -hmm. um But then, you know, a sequel game. I think this is going to be multiple games in this universe because it's so rich. I would like a game built around, this is what they call themselves, the Fellowship of the Dig. That is what all these (laughs) old men who are looking for treasure call themselves, and they meet in this trailer on Oak Island called The War Room, and they'll discuss what they found, what their next plans are. It is, I just can't. I can't speak highly enough of this world, this history, and how much it would do for the board game community.
0: <laughs> now, this seems to be a trend with me today. You seem to be saying, like, oh, I think the game is going to be simple. And then I come in with, how do I make it more complicated? So what uh, have you ever seen, like, a more like a life-size Jenga? Like, not like Jenga for the table, but when you get the big blocks, like, oh, like, like at a bar. bar. So yeah, it's like four yeah. feet tall. What if your game is the top of this is the surface? But it's a bunch of plastic pieces and there's hidden pockets and whoever is the game designer can put different things. So uh, the money pit can change each time you play the game. So there's a stack of cash you put in a little door and your character has to go down the board and finding different things in different levels that whoever finds the money pit wins. But you,
2: kind of a, a, a kerplunk situation.
0: Kerplunk, perhaps. and you get to change where it goes. That is a bonus point. Congratulations. Now.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was fishing. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Go Fish was also on the list. All right. Uh Dig us out of this hole, Mitch. Take the curse away. What is your number one board oh, game?
1: My number one, this is a game of commerce. This is a game of capitalism. This is a game of... Of uh, of fun California style baby. Uh, this one is a is an '80s mall food court wars game, A.K.A. <laughs> Rad Eats. This is inspired by Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, in that movie, all the teenagers that hang out they hang out at the mall. They work at the mall. So this game, I'm imagining mechanics similar to Power Grid. So you start with one food court uh, stand. Um and you know y- y- you need to name it something so everyone gets the name their their stand a fun name I'm gonna name mine right now off the top of my head uh Roasteroni I think that's a fun one right there so um <laughs>
2: you know I love a naming element in games exactly so I'm, already on I'm board.
1: getting MJ on board here so in this game you are a food court uh proprietor so who's desperate you want to attract the hottest teens from the area but you also <laughs> need hungry families because you want it to be cool for the teens to hang out but but families drive the economy. So you want families to yes. come in, spend money, feed their kids. So you have to decide, do you want to sell hot dogs? Do you want to sell pizza? Do you want to sell chicken wings, tacos, burgers? Uh Fries are always in style. Okay. Salads, eh, kind of, you know. Um, But th- these are reactive markets too. So like to buy your chicken, beef, pork, mystery meats, whatever it is, uh, the more people that are making pizza, the more expensive it's going to be the, you know, yes. the more people making chicken wings, the more expensive it's going to be. Um, and then also, uh, you know, hot dogs are always going to be cheaper. You know, that there are some, some Cadillac items, you know, uh, perhaps you unlock. With with as you grow to four or five stands, you unlock a brand new item. Maybe maybe you're making pizza bagels now, you know. And so like that's something only you sell, and you have to and you have to combine, you know, like uh like a hot dog bun with meat, and boom, you have a new item, that kind of thing. So <laughs> you are you are you are trying to dominate the Southern California mall market. Your your uh your 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 empire hopefully is expanding. Um, and of course, there's seasons to this game because, of course, there's different seasons to the mall as well. You know, uh, the summer, all the talent is available. So you can hire teens, you can hire uh, college dropouts, you can hire whatever. But then when school starts, you have to make sure you're not reliant on teens who, of course, are a little bit cheaper, you know, too. Um, you, you have to make sure you have some other workforce available for when the school season starts again. Then, of course, you have your Christmas specials. Again, you guys both love Christmas. I knew you both would like that. The game finally ends when you have I, I, whatever number it might be. It might be seven food court stands. It might be ten. But this is how you dominate. Dominate. Yeah the food scene in southern california maybe your your x factors you put everything on a stick you know maybe that's your gimmick but whatever it is nice. at the end uh you you cash out all of your your resources that you have perhaps you've won the title of like you know um like the the captain of the football team and the quiz bowl champion you know it comes to my hot dog stand every single thursday and saturday you know and you have that little trophy on your on your mantle as well um or maybe the uh, the the local the local movie star maybe they stop by and and grab and grab their chicken wings on on a wednesday afternoon you know you have these little these little power ups these multipliers you could you could to put that feather in your cap at the end um but i do like everything is very 80s again i have two 80s games on here as well two food games two 80s games um uh spicoli those kind of characters i i just love spicoli i love that spirit Uh, But then also I love Mark from, from fast times as well. He just works hard. He wants to run the movie theater. He wants to take the tickets and he he wants to earn his money and and be a, be an honest, you know, uh, a good person. So you're going to have these characters all over the game uh, and Rad eats, man, that's going to be a good time. And we're also going to provide markers. So you can color in your food stand as well. So you can create little art as well. And like you can even have what I like. You know how like, uh, you know, food court, you have like a a sign, you know, a a long rectangular sign. Maybe you have one of those. You you slide it in. You know, welcome to Roasteroni. What you having today? You know,
0: (laughs) wealthy whites. Hot teens,
2: sloppy meats. <laughs> Welcome to Rad Eats. <laughs> we gotta pivot from the tagline of attracting hot teens. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you know, uh, popular. You really hit that hard. Popular you know. teens,
1: popular teens. You know, you want the because hot teens attract more teens. You know, and you want you oh, want
2: God people stop saying teens, Mitch. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> so I think I think this would be a really fun game, uh, and also you know I would encourage if you're gonna play this at a party. Wear your 80s, you know, garb, wear your short shorts, wear your slip on Keds, you know, skateboard to the party, you know, um, that kind of thing. So,
0: <laughs> Skateboarding to the party. That's yeah. not something I thought <laughs> I was going to hear today. All right. We're going to bring this home for the Curse of Oak Island. Obviously, you're getting three points, which is going to round out your perfect score for today. But Mitch. <gasps> Uh, I'm also giving you three points because you said 80s and food court and you know I'm going to say yes to that but we have the extra points to dole out Mitch I know it's not an obscure game but you did say sorry I do play sorry so that's going to take your 12 and bump it up to 13 points for today's game but Maggie Jo had a perfect score of 15 plus she said kerplunk 16 points for Maggie Jo to your 13 which makes her the winner today and nobody said, don't wake daddy, splat, <laughs> crocodile dentist, or don't break the ice, which were the games.
2: I will say what I crossed off of my, it was in my final 10 when I was narrowing it down for this. I did cross off my friend's suggestion of don't woke daddy. Yes. So you are trying to get your father's approval uh, amongst the sea of social justice warriors. So <laughs> I... That's, that's an my extra, honorable mention.
0: There's an extra 10 points of Matically. That <laughs> wow. is 26 points today. Don't Woke Daddy. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She is our winner today, but we cannot leave without revealing my Fast Five, which, of course, was businesses we no longer need when we reach a post-COVID world. Number five, Kissing Booths. You know, paying for kisses has always been the Midwest's way of legalizing prostitution, but the short window of opportunity, mainly at state fairs, and the blatant misogyny means these lips for higher disease swaps can probably go. 4. Chuck E. Cheese Now, you would think the most horrific thing this rat infested child casino committed was searing a memory of a ride in rocket ship that reeks of feet into my childhood memory. But no, it was pivoting to ghost kitchens called Pasquale's Pizza on Grubhub and selling their shitty pizza to us during a time we were scared to go outside. Uh, (laughs) Number three, birthday candle factories. We don't need your help encouraging Uncle Billy to show little Evan how it's done and blowing as hard as you can on the cake. Plus, you've encouraged entrepreneurs to waste our time on Shark Tank with The Blow Z, a real product that is a $12 plastic kazoo fan that keeps the germs away. Let's cut the problem off at its source, the candles. Number two, children's museums. I am all for education, but the hands-on motto and close-corded crawling tunnels with no ventilation can probably go. I crawled through a larger-than-life human heart at the Robert Crown Health Center when I was six, and I still don't know jack shit about the heart, so I say good riddance. Number one, Las Vegas oxygen bars. Forget the fact that you're sharing breathing apparatus with other disgusting tourists. These are just fucking stupid and make us look bad as a species. Be gone with you. I'll get my oxygen out here where it's polluted and free. (laughs) That's this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Joining us from North Center that has a river. And of course, Lane Tech has been. Maggie (laughs) Jones. And from the quaint district of Sopoco, as always, has been.
1: Uh, The expected loser, Mitch Brinkman. There we go. Yes.
0: (laughs) And as always, I've been your big wet boy, Brian Ernst. And as Biz Bear always says, you're never too old for chicken tendies and fries. Avida Zane and adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from.
1: If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay.
2: Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios.
0: And most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys.